JD Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have a local group in Fort Wayne, Indiana that I met at DadCon, and I'm very excited to introduce you folks to 13th Dimension. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. How are you? I am wonderful. Tired like the rest of the world. (laughs) So you guys are from Fort Wayne. I'm very excited because right now this is where I live. And I didn't even know you guys were around. When did you guys get started? Well, actually, um, things got started in 2009, but the uh, podcast just got started a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, we only have like one member, I think, who actually lives in Fort Wayne. Everybody else is kind of dispersed into different places like i'm from i'm from new haven um mm-hmm. tim and crystal are in huntington along with scott who is our fourth member of the 13th dimension and also um co-founder of 13th dimension as well ah where's he from he lives in huntington oh okay how far is that from fort wayne because i'm not from here actually i'm from dayton ohio we're about uh, 30 miles southwest of Fort Wayne. So we're the next county southwest of Allen County. Okay. I gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Right down 24. Okay. From Fort- so I'm very curious what brings people to want to investigate the paranormal. Have any of you had prior experiences before deciding to do this? Yes. We lived in a house for a time, Tim and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, it was a very, actually a very active house. We had pictures that would come off the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, when Tim's grandfather was passing, we were cleaning up the house because we thought we would have family coming in from out of state. And as we were cleaning, Tim stopped and he said, it felt like something went through me. And I said, well, what do you mean? And 
He said, it felt like something went through me. He said, and I've got two cold spots on my arm. Mm-hmm. And I went over and looked and all the hairs on his arm were standing up, but in two spots. And I saw them and they were both cold. Oh, wow. What year was yeah. your house built? Oh, that house was built a really long time ago. We're not even, I'm not even really sure. I want to say late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. It's actually in Allen County. It was in the old town of a boy. And uh, we uh, just happened upon renting this house. Mm -hmm. And I think the most amazing story is Maddie's story from that house because she was a, she had an imaginary friend named Joe, or we thought he was imaginary. Mm-hmm. Our oldest daughter, she was maybe two, three at the time. Wow. And she would always go into her little toy room and play with Joe. We mm-hmm. didn't think anything of it. Right. One day I said, one day I said, where's Joe? And she goes, he had to go with his mom. I don't like his mom. <laughs> all burned. And we did a little research and found out that a young child named Joe and his mother passed away in the home in a house fire. Oh, wow. So. Wow. So it's always how little kids see things that we as adults don't see, you know. Sure. They're more open. They're not. They haven't been told a million times that can't be or you can't see that. Yep. They're so innocent. That's that's kind of how we we came into this that and watching the television shows and mm-hmm. uh, most, of the, most of the first few seasons of Ghost Hunters. Oh yeah, really got us really got us going into it. Uh, the 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 fact of helping people be comfortable in their homes mm-hmm. was what really drove me to become an investigator. Uh, so you guys actually will go investigate people's homes and help them out. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's what we prefer to do. We kind of use, we've been to some bigger locations, Mm -hmm. uh, but we like to use those locations as like uh, brushing up on things, testing out different things, training new recruits, Mm -hmm. and then our bread and butter is the residentials. Okay. Yeah, that's the number one focus of this team because... Um, going going into these big locations, it, it is all it's fun and everything, mm-hmm. but the true purpose is helping people. That is where we feel like we are being um, most useful. Okay. My next, I, I've always been very interested in paranormal investigators, particularly when you go into a home and there's something there, and you talk to it. Do you try to tell them they can go to the other side? They can leave the home and it's okay? How do you guys handle that? Uh, it, well, for some for some people, we... Some people don't want it to leave. Oh, that's and interesting. Who, and then there's people who really want it to leave. And what we try to do is keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. And we say, look, you know, if you if you want this out of your home... That's fine, but wait until we're done with the investigation and we know what you have. Okay, that would make sense. Because a lot of times what we find is, unfortunately, due to some of the television shows and the movies and everything, everybody thinks 
right off the bat that everything you're dealing with is that is demonic. That's you know? interesting. I wouldn't even that. I don't know if that would even cross my mind in my home unless something really bad happened. <laughs> yeah, but you know they they're scared, mm-hmm. so they instantly think that it's evil. Uh, okay. And a lot of times, what we find is it's grandma doesn't like where you put her knickknack, and she wants it over there instead of over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or grandpa's still around; he just wants you to know he's still there and he loves you. Mm-hmm. And once they find out that comfort that their loved one is still around them and still um, a part of their lives, then a lot of times they don't want that gone. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they want that. What is the most memorable case as now, like at this present point that has really stuck with you guys? The most memorable case. Wow. I'll let uh, you hear it all first, Jeremy. What that, Tim? You, you you can go first. I know what Chris is going to say. Okay, one of two. So you go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, gee, thanks. Um, that, 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 that's a really hard one. There have been so many memorable things that we have done. Um, and some of them were were even before Tim and Crystal uh, joined the team. My most memorable one would have to be, this is not a residential, but it, it's, it has to be the Masonic Temple in Salina, Kansas. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a huge building, and there have been stories going around for a long time about it. Mm-hmm. It just never really had people come in, and we were invited to come over and investigate, actually, for a documentary mm-hmm. back in February. Um, and four of us were supposed to go, but unfortunately, um, due to different circumstances, I was the only one able to go. Mm-hmm. And the experience that I had that time was just unbelievable it for me it's very hard to say that a place has is haunted or, or even has activity in it mm-hmm. uh, this one proved itself time and time again over the course of two nights that i was there in february and then again when i was just there last month um there was a lot of activity going over there as well wow that would have to say the most memorable case or location would be the masonic temple in salina kansas my I, most memorable case would have to be right in my own home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I set up an EVP recorder one night. Mm-hmm. And as I was setting it up, I said, it's May 13th. It's two o'clock in the morning. And I said, well, wait, that makes it May 15th. And I paused. And then I said 14th. And I walked off down the hallway. And I just, because I, I like to leave my recorder run with no, nothing in the room, just my recorder. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I played back the recording, I said May 15th, and then you hear 14th. And then I say 14th, and as I walk down the hall, you hear you hear it say, ah, he said it. <laughs> huh. And that literally happened 10 feet from where I am right now. Wow. So I got corrected by a spirit. Uh, well, you know... <laughs> 
<laughs> they are people without skin suits. So. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so how long have you guys, when you started your group, how long, how long have you guys really been out there in the field? How many years now? Tim and I have only been out in the field about actively a year because we did it when our kids were young. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you have three kids, nobody ever wants to babysit. So oh. we had to kind of take a break for a while. Right. Jeremy's been in it a lot longer. How long have you been in this, Jeremy? I I started I started this brand back in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't actually do my first real investigation until 2011. And that was when I was in Nevada near Virginia City. And I was staying in the haunted hotel, the Gold Hill Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I investigated it. That was my first time. But as far as truly full-blown, it was not until 2015 uh, when things really got started. Okay. Wow. Have you guys investigated a lot in the Fort Wayne area as well? We investigate a lot around Indiana. Yeah. There's a better way to say it. Okay. There's a whole lot in Fort Wayne. It's hard to get into some of the places in Fort Wayne. Residentials. We've done a few residentials in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Ever since I've moved here, we've seen some things here. Uh, Dayton is also very active, but the things I've seen here have been just very clear. When I can remember when we first moved here, um, we lived in these apartments and I had a friend with me. And all of a sudden, my friend and I just stopped what we were doing. And I was talking to my husband who was turned and we just both stopped and our jaws dropped. He goes, I don't want to know what's behind me. <laughs> and uh, me and her looked at each other and it was gone. And it was, I swear it was a physical woman standing in my living room with a pink vest on. Remember when we wore those pink vests in the 80s in the winter? Yeah. And a headband and her hair was feathered. It must have been the early 80s. And she was so there. If she would have talked, he would have turned around and been startled because she was there. And that's when I first arrived here. I was like, why is this so active here? It's so active. And then when we moved into our 1938 bungalow, I was painting, he was painting, and he looked over at me like, how dare you? And I looked over at him like, what? He goes, who let the cat in? And I was like, a cat? Our our cat's in our, back in our apartment because we hadn't moved in yet. We had both seen the same cat for two days in the house, but there was no cat in the house. It would walk past us and disappear, and it was the same black and white cat. Until this day, my cat still plays with that cat. And so it's very active. I mean, it grew up like this, so... This was part of my normal life was to see these things. But to see a cat that clear, I don't think I've ever seen a cat quite that clear as I did here. So I don't know. 
combination. You know of, what's that? Sorry, but you do have a lot of natural elements around here. You have yeah. a lot of limestone, which can hold residual energy, they believe. Mm-hmm. And yes. I mean, look at Fort Wayne being, there's what, three major rivers, rivers that run through mm-hmm. Fort Wayne? Yes, railroad tracks. And merging together. Down where we live in Huntington, it's, the name of the city is Limes. The nickname of the city is the Lime City because it's all limestone. Right. And uh, because this was all ocean bed at one point in time, Indiana, the entire yeah. state was all an ocean bed at one point. Interesting. So there's a lot of uh, limestone in the in the state of Indiana, but but uh, Huntington they call Lime City because there's there's I think there's two or three quarries here. But every time they dig a quarry, they end up hitting underground water, like underground rivers and underground mm-hmm. and springs under the limestone. Right. So there, you have that underground water. You've got, you know, a bunch of rivers and lakes. And then on top of that, you've got the limestone. Those are all natural elements that are believed to help conduct, especially residual energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so you guys probably have a lot to investigate around Indiana, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you are in Fort Wayne, what are some of the places, what are their stories behind the places you investigated here? Mostly for me, it's been more residentials that Mm -hmm. I've I've been in in Fort Wayne, um, not so much in a public location, at least that's me personally. Right. right. Um, for me, I think a lot of it ties to the native area. Mm. The, the fort itself that was built, you know, for the War of 1812. So um, the fort itself was built for the French and Indian War. And played a major role in in the expansion of the United States, but it also played a major role in sending natives down the Trail of Tears. Uh. So I find I have from my, the investigations that I've done in the Fort Wayne and surrounding area, I find a lot of uh, I've had a lot of experiences with native the mm-hmm. uh, native uh, culture. Okay. That would make sense. How about the Underground Railroad? Was it through Indiana as well? I know it's all through Ohio because that's where I grew up. Oh, yeah. Um, Southwest Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. Where we used to live out, as Tim had said, out in Voight, there is a house at the end of a Voight Road, and it's called the Vermilia House. And I know that people own it because I grew up in that area. And there are actual slave tunnels, I, I guess is what you would call them. Where no, they're tunnels. Where they would hide away the slaves for the Underground Railroad. That'll so keep moving them north. Right. Yep. Wow, that's really and cool. Then used to have, Huntington used to have a little house. Well, we have a, con- we have a convent here, and there okay. used to be a monastery. Mm-hmm. And there were tunnels between the convent and the monastery to help the uh, escaped slaves move north to freedom. 
That's so cool. Have you guys investigated that? Another little building in Huntington that they just recently tore down, I think two, two, three years ago. That was uh, a place where they, if they captured runaway slaves, they would imprison them until their owners came and picked them up. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. They, they finally got rid of it, but it stood in a, in a, right at one of the parks here in town for mm-hmm. a very long time. Wow. Yeah, so we have Underground Railroad. We have, uh, going all the way back to 1812, you have the, the, the French and Indian War, the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. The canal right through here? Yeah, the, the Wabash and Erie Canal mm-hmm. literally ran right right beside our home. Everyone's right by the Vermillion <laughs> House. Yeah. Wow. You had the Erie Canal with the locks and everything mm-hmm. that moved the boat ever. Yeah, we had that all through Dayton, Ohio, and Middletown as well, part of the Erie Canal. That's yeah, all that civil history. That connected the Great Lakes to the Mississippi River to the, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. So have you guys actually, since it's Halloween this weekend, and you guys will be on the show this weekend what would be your most i guess mystical or strangest investigation this far as a team i'll let, investigation? I'll let crystal handle this one first because i saw her face light up <laughs> they know the boys know what i'm gonna say um about <laughs> Well, we went to a place down in Peru, Indiana. It's called the Davies House. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of familiar to local paranormal teams. Um, Jeremy has an experiment that he's been trying out for about a year now. Maybe, maybe two. Um, he wants to try to use a dog whistle. Because it goes on a different frequency. See, sometimes we can't hear the spirits, but when we listen to the EVP recorders, we can hear them speaking. Mm-hmm. So he thought maybe they're running on a different frequency. So we'll try a dog whistle. Well, we were down in the basement, walking up the stairs. Scott was in front of me, and Tim and Jeremy were behind me. And Jeremy blew the whistle. And as I'm going up the stairs, and he blew it, it felt like somebody was in uh, a jam-packed building mm-hmm. and yelled fire, and everybody runs for the fire exit, and it knocked me against the wall, so much so that Tim had to tell Scott to make sure I got up the stairs okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was um, quite the interesting night. Yeah, that would be my most memorable investigation. Wow. I think I would remember that for the rest of my life as well. (laughs) Yeah. So now when Jeremy blows the uh, dog whistle, I'm like, make sure I'm not on any stairs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be on any stairs with someone pushing me. That, that, no, no. I think my most memorable thing throughout all of this journey would have to be uh, with our podcast, The 13th Dimension, 
We interviewed a man named uh, Russell Edwards from England. Mm-hmm. He is the man that bought the Catherine Edo shawl. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book back in 2014 called Naming Jack the Ripper. Right. Where he talked about finding DNA on the shawl and going through the, the whole process of, of uh, DNA evidence and the kind of DNA they found and finding matches and... <clears throat> So uh, that that's probably my most memorable experience throughout all this because that interview for me was just mind blowing. Oh yeah. Mainly because he's never shown the shawl on any type of media, mm-hmm. but he happened to have it the day we interviewed him, and he pulled the shawl out. Wow! And showed it on the show for the first time and only time ever. Mm-hmm. So it was just absolutely amazing for us to see. You know, these 140-year-old bloodstains that are on this. And and I I don't want to take away from this because that shawl is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It was a very expensive piece for that time. And uh, it it, it is absolutely a gorgeous piece. But but to see the evidence and see the things that he's done, I hate to say it, but he made a believer out of me. Yeah. I think that would be really sad to see all the blood on there and to know. You know, it really was. We were, we were all very emotional Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point. Several of us were in tears during that interview, including Russell himself, because we wanted to approach it, not from the point of who's Jack the Ripper, who's Jack the Ripper. We wanted to approach it from the point of, these are the victims and this is their story. Right. Absolutely. As a way to find justice for the victims, not as a way to, and he, he approached it that way in his book, mm-hmm. which is really refreshing. Um, I mean, but you know, it's still to this day, still the world's oldest who done it and to have somebody on there that claims to have DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. And for him to show us physically the proof, it was just absolutely amazing to me. Right. What? Um, my most memorable moment, mm-hmm. I would have to say, was when we were all at Waverly Hills this year. Hmm. Um, it was, we were there for two nights, and it was on the second night, and it was myself, Poisnitz from another team that we work with very closely. And one of his teammates' son, Gage Kinley, mm-hmm. we we were walking down the second floor corridor um, where the open windows are at, mm-hmm. and Coy had take Coy was just taking random pictures and checking them out. And one of these pictures, there was it was very clear that there was a figure behind uh, the pillar right where the building starts turning. Right. So, so I went there to that pillar, and as I got there, I saw what looked like a person running through one of the um, one of the rooms, mm-hmm. and it was very clear that there was somebody there, somebody solid. So I ran through the room right next to me to try to cut this person off in the hallway and ran down to where they would have been, mm-hmm. and there was nobody there. Mm. Um, I would have to say that would be my most memorable. 
Wow. Did you, um, did the hair stand up all over your body? Did you have that instinct to want to run out of that building at that point? Oh, no. No, I, I never want to run out. I always want to run in to find out who is there or what's going on. All right. Gotcha. For us, for us, I think I think it takes a different breed of person to become a paranormal investigator because you, we're not afraid of it. It's not something that scares us. It's just something that's there, mm-hmm. and we're more curious about the the scientific side of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Why are people left behind? Why are people? Why don't people cross over? Why don't people? You know, depending on what your religion is, go to another place mm-hmm. of life. So for us, the curiosity drives us forward more mm-hmm. than the fear scares us away. Right. We can take the Davies house, for instance. My first encounter with the Davies house, my daughter was attacked. She was scratched to the point that there was blood drawn and she refuses to go back. Mm-hmm. But I go back in, I've been back in twice and I would go in tomorrow because I want to know what's in there and I want to know what's causing all of this. And I want to know how to stop it and how to give people peace and tranquility in their homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as a person who has like seen things myself, peace is so important in a person's home. Having someone yeah. leave or move on where they're supposed to move on, I think is so important obviously but um some of your investigations that you guys go on have you had to find somebody to come in and tell those entities spirits to leave their home have you had to do that several times well we have learned to do it ourselves Mm -hmm. so um as far as like a priest or a pastor, we actually have a couple of members of our team that are ordained are, are ordained ministers. Um, I I went to college for Christian ministries. I never became ordained, but but I have done extensive studies of the Bible in both English, Latin, Greek, and mm-hmm. Hebrew, mm-hmm. and some Aramaic. Oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a lot different reading the Bible in the original language that it was written in. Yes. yes. But um but knowing knowing the right the right ways to do things is is very important and and of course you have to be to have strong faith in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. To be able to, you know, help something either cross over or or to help or to just basically get rid of something. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like my friend Howard Petrie always says. If you're a good person in this life, you're going to be a good person in the next. Absolutely. But if you are a total jerk in this life, you're going to be a total <laughs> jerk in the next. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree 100%. You're just a mean, nasty person. Mm-hmm. And we, we do have within Jeremy's network that he's created across the globe, literally. Um, other people who can come in and assist us with what we know needs to be taken to a higher level. We have priests, we have bishops, we have 
um, psychics. Psychics. We have all kinds of people within our network. So if, if what we do, kind of at the at the base level, doesn't rid the spirit, we have other people we can go to and call in should we need it. Right. Clear up to the actual demonologists that worked under Ed and Lorraine Warren. Interesting. Now, yeah. you you name just about any kind of service mm-hmm. you need, we can almost guarantee you that we can get it. Oh, okay. Have you often had to rely on demon demonologists, or is that far no. in between? No, we have not. Uh, oh, that's uh, far. Uh, Sorry, we have a couple of uh, pups that like to go nuts whenever they hear a car door outside. Oh, that's fine. I have, <laughs> like I told you guys, I have five animals. <laughs> two dogs, two exotic birds, and a cat. So don't feel bad about it. What's that? Yeah, um, yeah, and I would I would have partridges if I could. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we, we've had many calls where people are like, I think I've got a demon in my house. This thing's going on. <laughs> Okay, what do you have going? Well, we got doors shut and we got uh-huh. items being moved and um uh-huh. every now and then we'll I'll see a shadow. That that is not a demon. And I, I would tell them that uh-huh. if it was a true demon, you would be scared out of your wits. Oh, absolutely, yes. It would be an extremely bad situation. You wouldn't want to stay in your home or you'd be very afraid to stay in your home. Uh-huh. Yeah. And demonic activity is really very, very rare. And our and our good friend Carl Johnson, um, he was a uh, demonologist under and he studied under Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. He's been a demonologist for over forty years, and he would tell you that in forty years he's seen four or five cases of demonic possession. Right. In forty years. Yeah. So it's not something that is the um it's not the standard it's the exception right absolutely most most investigators will go their entire life and never encounter an actual demon i would think that would be a good thing yes yeah <laughs> that's something i would never want to encounter I, I ever two encounters that I would call one, I would call an actual case of possession. The other, the other one I would call an actual case of demonic possession. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't ever want to see it again. Hopefully I never do. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine even thinking about that coming across that in a lifetime. Right. <clears throat> The movies kind of glamorize it a little bit, mm, yes. but the truth is the scariest thing you see in that movie is not even close. Yeah. I think when people see movies, they instantly, if they have any experiences, associate it with Hollywood. Pretty much. Because they just don't know how how it would be a natural or a normal thing being on Earth that that could possibly happen. Yeah. It, and unfortunately it, it has happened a few times, but, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, as, as a person who, who studied the Bible quite a bit, 
and and am a strong believer in it. Mm-hmm. I you know temptation comes to us from every angle, especially in today's world. So uh, I always tell people it's it's much harder to walk the straight and narrow than it is to walk the other way. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I prefer the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like easier to me, <laughs> you know? I do too. And in some cases, you reap what you sow. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, some people like to play around with some very scary things that they don't know enough about to be messing with. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that opens a lot of doors for a lot of bad things. So, yeah. I often wondered, like I told you guys earlier, I grew up with all of this stuff around me and it all had very, from card reading to mediumship to being able to see things. I grew up in a very Catholic family for years and they had rules and regulations how to do things. It just, it was not an experiment. It was always passed down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a, mm-hmm. a respect for the other side, knowing that it existed and it's here beside us. There was a reverence and a respect for all of that. The one thing. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. The one thing that we try to do always is respect the spirit because it's just there trying to share a space with us sure yeah 90 percent of the time that's all it is it's shared space mm-hmm. and like i said when you have you know uh when you have residual energy that's just like a, a recording in time it's not even right. where that you're there so you know you have you have different things but you when you do come across those intelligent energies they know you're there they're just trying to coexist with you. Mm-hmm. And if they can mess with you a little bit to get you jumpy, why wouldn't you? I mean, I'm kind of a prankster myself. So sure. Absolutely. I told my wife several times, if I go before she does have fun, <laughs> the first time you put a video camera out, I'm going to jump out from behind a corner and yell boo as loud as I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I personally would be, having a lot of fun with people trying to do EVP sessions. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That would be so awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it'd be awful, but it'd be so much fun, <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. If if, if, uh, if I ever became a spirit, I would intentionally try to scare people because that's the kind of person I am. You know, my mother often, she passed in 2019, and that's one thing she told me. She was, when I'm able, I'm coming back and I'm haunting you. <laughs> I'm like, why? I was such a good kid, you know? But I think that was her way of saying hello. You yeah. Know, when she's able, and I don't think they can always come back right away. But um, it always cracked me up when people say, you know, when I'm dying, I'm going to haunt you. <laughs> it's like, great. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I always get into it with with some of the religious people that are in my own family and they, how can you, how can you do this? You know, you're not supposed to be doing this. And I always tell people, you know, when, when the, when we die, the Bible says that when we die, 
Our body goes back to the earth that gave it. Our spirit goes back to God who gave it. So what happens to our soul? Our soul is what makes us us. Right. Our spirit is that breath of life and our body is the shell that holds it. Mm-hmm. But our soul is our mind. It's what makes us us. Right. So personality. Yeah. And our Bible doesn't, uh, the Bible doesn't say what happens to the soul. There's no guarantee that we go to heaven right away. Right. Maybe we're, maybe we're left here till judgment day. I'm not the person to answer that question, but I'm the person to question the, the answer, the question, the answer, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those taboo things in my family that I do that they all disagree with, but, <laughs> <laughs> but on this, my, my father was a, was a Baptist minister. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If that explains it. Yeah. I have respects, I think for all religions, if it's for the better good. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I was taught every religion on the planet when I was studying uh, studying ministry, so mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't practice Santa Korea Yes, it is. <laughs> when, when, you're, when you're a paranormal investigator, you have to respect all the religions because you don't know what the, the beliefs of the clients are when they're going into their homes, mm-hmm. and also you don't know what the beliefs of if there is a spirit in the home, right. what their belief was. Exactly. Yes, I agree. With you kind of have to cater to what their beliefs are, whether if it's the same one that you have or not. Mm. You have to cater to that in order to try to really help them out. Sure. Absolutely. So what is you guys' next project? What are you going to do next? Our next big project comes tomorrow when we launch this new network. Yeah. Get off the ground and running. You want to tell us a little bit about it? <laughs> Jeremy, I'm going to let you take this. <laughs> okay, so it's it's the Thanes Network. Um, we previously used to be part of another network, mm-hmm. and we decided to, to split away from that um, and do do our own network. And what, what it is, it's a, it's a podcast network, and we currently have – what is it, 22 confirmed shows, Crystal? Yes, 22. So we have 20, 22 shows spread out seven days and not necessarily just around here. We got them from all over the place. We got several shows from the UK. We mm-hmm. are also currently working on shows from Australia. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we we want to hit the international market as hard as we are um, the American market, mm-hmm. and uh, we we've been doing all kinds of advertisement and making videos for. I'm I'm currently in the middle of making a commercial that will kick off the network tomorrow night, and then our show, The Thirteenth Dimension, will be the first one to air, and that will be at eight o'clock tomorrow. Awesome! Now, where can people see this? It when you go on. You can find it in two places, um, okay. Facebook and YouTube. Okay. On Facebook, all you have to do is just type in Thanes Network, and it should show up right on top. 
Uh, if it doesn't, just type in facebook.com slash things network. And please, guys, share it on my Facebook page, DD Moonflyer. I'd love people to like know where to go and know more about you guys. Absolutely. Um, and also on YouTube, it's a little bit more difficult to do that um, because it's youtube.com slash a whole bunch of letters and numbers. <laughs> um, I tell you what, if so you guys I, send I it to me, I'll put it in my notes on my podcast yeah. so they can just go on there and enjoy your show and your interviews because power is knowledge. Yeah, and we literally last year we have interviewed people from all over the world. It has been an amazing experience for us. It has. Uh, we've gotten to talk to people that we never dreamed we'd get to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that where we uh, where we've all been humbled by the experience. Humbled and excited. I know that we met you at DeadCon. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I sat quietly back in the back and I didn't talk to a whole lot of people, but that was because I was secretly trying to get the courage to talk to one of the OG hunters in the uh, paranormal field. I was trying to talk to Steve Gonzalez, but I was very, very shy all weekend <laughs> because that's like a, a role model for me. All right. That's her uh... Monday, <laughs> <laughs> and they all are so nice. They're they're nice guys. They, they, really they are. were. Everybody we met at, at DeadCon was absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. Everybody. It was a great convention. I I really enjoyed really, myself. And the thing is, you know, a lot of people sometimes are like, "Oh, you do that? Well, you're you're kind of weird." Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are kind of weird, but we're also nice and friendly people. And the reason why we do it is, is honestly just to help people understand what they have going on in their home. Sure. A lot yeah. of times, understanding what you have going on is enough to help you coincide with it. Right. Right. Once you understand that, it's not there to hurt you. It's not there to, to, uh, make you do bad things. It's not there to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a Ronald DeFeo story where it's going to be the voice inside your head that makes you shoot your family in the middle of the night. Mm. It's just trying to live in the same space that you're living in. Right. And sometimes and they, they don't know they're dead. Right. Yeah. yeah. And once they understand that, once they understand that this is just a soul that's, that's there coinciding with them, mm-hmm. a lot of people find find comfort and ease in that. And we try to give them the empowerment to take back their home to say, okay, look, I know you're here, but this is my house. This is my space now. So you have to respect that. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes just as simple as that. Other times, not as simple. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, sometimes you just get a mean, nasty person that wants to be mean and nasty. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) like you said if they were that way in life they're probably that way in the afterlife as well yes you guys it's been a pleasure and i'm really looking forward to seeing your show and everyone that tunes into my show twilight tonic the information for their show will be on my podcast notes and also on dd moonflyer on facebook 
And I want to thank you guys so much for being on here. And I look forward to seeing and meeting you guys again. Thank you for having us. Of course. Absolutely. We're (laughs) low. Of course. And I would like to have you guys on again this year sometime. Absolutely. Just let us know. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful evening. And thank you for being on the Twilight Tonic. Thank you.